1: Welcome to episode 197 of 4th and John. I am Gail Saunders here with Evan Hollywood Ahern, Chris Malley, Jimmy Smith, and Mr. Prime in the building. Uh, I'm going to start off with a little quote. Uh, I mean, we're talking day three of the NFL draft, maybe potential targets out there. Uh, But they said Rome wasn't built in a day. It was built on day three. In rounds four, five, six, seven. That's where you get the gems, the diamonds in the rough. Those are the guys who are the back end of the roster, but the, always the closest to our heart, um, because those are your kind of you know guys that you're trying to fill in, and trying to find those gems. Um, what we're gonna do to do tonight, obviously, with the help of the people in the chat, um, we're gonna be throwing out our favorite guys and in, in on day three, um, some guys that we've been looking at. Um, it's basically uh, just talking over some of the players we kind of like, and hopefully they might fit on our roster. Some of some of the guys have been uh part of our talk to prospect. I've seen a couple of these guys' favorites already, but some of some of the guys have been on the talk to prospect. Um uh, but overall how you guys doing today? Doing well man, doing well. Is that quote, is
3: that uh John three sixteen? Is that where hey, you got that from?
1: Hey, it's a Gail Saunders quote.
3: That's a Gail Saunders original. Yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, dude, I'm I'm excited to talk the draft. Uh you're absolutely right in the fact that like in, getting this team turned around filling all these holes on the roster it's not just done in days one and two like we have a lot of work to do uh, and you can really find some golden nuggets that are uh, hidden in the back end of the draft and uh, hopefully we're going to touch on some of them tonight
4: yeah absolutely i mean it's almost draft time boys we're about two weeks out and there's a lot of talk everyone was talking about six for a while then we're talking about 12 for a while but we have 11 draft picks in this draft class and we really need to get some really talented and cost effective guys. So, this can be a huge draft class. And we're talking about day three picks because not only have day three pick guys helped our team personally, but in general, uh, just with the NFL. Like, we're talking about Cam Chancellor, Richard Sherman, Antonio Brown, Emmanuel Sanders, David Bakhtiari, Dak Prescott, Chris Harris, and our own Jason Kelsey was a day three pick. Like, this is what we're looking for. And there's a ton of talent that's going to drop into day three this year. So we got to hit on a lot of them.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, to the uh, 11 days away from uh, draft, I mean, it's getting more and more and exciting. Uh, but, you know, definitely uh pity packing off of what Chris just mentioned. Uh, day three picks are pretty much like golden. Um, you know, those are the type of guys that, you know, I feel like in the past few years have been like the pretty much key factors uh, coming into the NFL. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing, what, you know, what decisions the Eagles decide to go ahead and make when it comes to uh, day three and, uh, you know, hopefully it pays off.
5: Yeah. Um, well, what have we been talking about the last couple of weeks? Every time I try to get excited, it's the fact that we're getting closer to the draft and the fact that we have so many draft picks. Well, 11 days, 11 picks. Let's go, baby. We talk about the fact that, you know, we traded back. Everybody's a little upset, but hey, we got more draft capital. We got that fourth round pick that we talked about not having. So we have a pick in every round now, multiple picks in the third. You got multiple picks in the sixth, seventh. Getting very excited, ladies and gentlemen. And the back end is full of talent. We talked about that. So today, that's what we're going to get into. So I'm really excited. And uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Let's get into it, baby.
1: Yeah, I mean, just looking at previous drafts, right, we'll, we'll start from last year's. Uh, you know, guys that, you know, in, in on day three who actually got on the field and played some, uh, Jack Driscoll, uh, Kayvon Wallace, John Hightower, Sean Bradley, Quez Watkins, Prince Tego Wanahogi is gone. Uh, Casey Tuhill also gone. Uh, the wow, following year, 2019, we had uh, Sharif Miller, Clayton Thorson, both out of here. Um, uh, 2018, we had Monte Maddox, Josh Sweat, Matt Pryor, uh, Jordan Melata. You know, talking about guys who have made sense and been here and and contributed that that, uh, 2018 draft. 2017, (laughs) Mac Hollins, Donald Pumphrey, Shelton Gibson, Nathan Gary, uh, Elijah Qualls. 2016, We have uh, Wendell Smallwood. He was the Old Navy, but he was very uh, consistent. Uh, uh, Big V, fifth round. Blake Countess, Jalen Mills in the seventh round. Uh, Alex McAllister, Joe Walker. uh, And then we're going to go one more. 2015, Brian Mahalik, Randall Evans, Ja'Cory Shepard. So, like, thinking about all those picks on day three, there haven't been – T- I mean, there've been a couple guys that have been, uh, you know, real, real solid role players. You say Big V, Wendell Smallwood, Jalen Mills. I mean, if you go back further, Jason Kelsey, he was a guy that was drafted on day three. Um, but overall, I mean, what do you what do you think about some of those guys that we've we drafted in on day three?
3: To me, it's like all the people that you just listed off there. There was a lot more misses than there were hits. Um, and, but like, generally speaking on day three, I feel like that's ultimately what you're going to get. I'm not saying that that's an excuse for Howie Roseman, because you obviously need to do better than what he's done. But ultimately, uh, yeah, it's all about this day three day three is all about finding diamonds in the rough to me. And uh, especially as you get hit the sixth and seventh round, that's really where you're kind of more or less taking a gamble on a guy like a Jordan Milata that ended up working out. So
4: yeah, one of the major issues is that, yeah, it's it's hard as you go deeper into the draft, the percentage to hit on these guys goes down because obviously these are not the top tier talent guys or there's a reason why they got knocked down to the uh, fourth, fifth and sixth round. The issue is that we've also missed on the rounds one through three guys. I mean, if you look at the minefield that is left over of players from the last uh, five, six draft class, it's pretty slim pickings. I mean, Nate Gary was one of like the only last guys from his draft class, and he's gone now, and it just shows you why we're at where we're at. Uh, we don't have a lot of young, uh, cost-effective talent here right now, and that's why we're literally at ground zero right now, and we're building up. Uh, the cap situation doesn't help either, but next year it's going to be a huge help. I think there's a lot to be optimistic about with the team, with the new offense and scheme coming in. The big thing is that I think that the coaching staff's gonna be better developers of players, but overall it just shows that we really haven't been able to develop these guys. And the main issue is the guys uh before the day three picks haven't hit as well, and that's a huge issue.
5: Yeah, I think it just speaks to, you know, why everyone's so pissed off at Howie when you look back and you know, you just <laughs> rattled off all those names and it's like oh my god you just go ahead and kill my excitement gail i try to get pumped up with his later rounds and gotta keep it real over here crinkle mcdinkleberry is gonna be the guy we pick you know and it's Mm -hmm. like ah so i'm just trying to stay positive and you know i like what chris said about you know the coaches i think that you know a lot of times it's not necessarily that the pick was bad i think the coaching wasn't able to develop the player so i really like what he said there um I think Nick Sirianni, you know, he's going to play to people's strengths. So I agree with that sentiment, and I think it's going to bode well for some of these players. But you see some of these guys leave this team, and they go excel elsewhere, and you see it year in and year out, and it's ridiculous. So um, I think, you know, that speaks to the drafting and the coaching. So we made a little change there, but uh, obviously we've been hearing all kinds of rumblings of, you know, it's all analytics and not listening to scouts. That's scary. need to listen to the scouts, need to listen to the new coaches, and hopefully we head in a different direction. Best player available.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's just definitely all about roster depth. I mean, let's just see what they decide to go ahead and do, how well they go ahead and, you know, fit these guys into the system. And, you know, pretty much just go from there. I mean, it's 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 a hit or miss. I mean, I know I mentioned earlier, like, you know, we, we've got uh, some good talent. But, I mean, I should have been more specific. Yes, we haven't really actually gotten that talent since Jalen Mills, Jason Kelsey. So, you know, it's – it's just something that you know you got to be patient and you know see what happens.
1: Well, hopefully, they listen to us, and this way they won't miss. Um, yeah,
2: good luck with that. <laughs> we,
1: we, we've we had our guys on the board, and and uh, you know, uh, Jeremy Chins and uh, what's his name, Antonio Gibson. Um, guys that you know, we, we are high on, but I just want to give a shout out to the people that are in the chat watching the show, Mark from Oregon, if I'm pronouncing that right. Shout out to Andrea Kyle. Stephen from El Paso, he's uh, he's blown up there in the El Paso com- com- comedic comedy game, yeah. Uh, community, give him a shout out there and uh, uh, don't steal his jokes. A um, shout out to Mariana Claus. I don't know if that's her real name, um, but Pete Nathan already. Pete, Pete Nathan has been a uh, very um, active person in the chat, and he's already thrown out his guy. And this is what this is what it's all about t- today, day three. Targets. We're not talking about the first round because everyone's talking about the first round. We we're getting past that now because that's there's more to the draft than the first round. Uh, Surprise, motherfucker! Pete says uh, Tamari, Tamari and Terry from uh, FSU, six four. He he's, he's calling him a D DK Metcalf light. Interesting. Uh, I know. I know Chris. You high on uh Tamari and Terry? I see he him in a lot of mock drafts on the people
4: timeline. people have been talking about Terry for a while uh I watch a lot of Florida State um he's like really raw um he has a drops issue which is a main thing that being said so does DK Metcalf so maybe that's why he's DK Metcalf light because they both have trouble catching the ball but the thing with Tamar and Terry uh he just ran a 4-4 uh 40 um he's really raw but if he goes to the right system like if Terry goes to like the Pittsburgh Steelers they could make him like a pro bowler but if he goes to a team that is really bad at developing players he could have trouble uh it really comes down to like how much he's going to mature when he gets to the next level because right now um and he just had a knee scope surgery as well in october um i i think he's worth like a late shot but like maybe like a late round guy like a high tower i mean if you compare him to Hightower, I'd take him over Hightower in a second. I'd take him over Quez in a second. His upside's crazy. He's just really raw, and there's a lot of uh, questions surrounding him.
5: I agree with what Chris said. I'm a fan of Tamori and Terry, actually. And, you know, I watch Florida State myself. Uh, coming back from that injury, big thing. Obviously, uh, some issues with drops, as Chris just said there. But yeah, he's very raw talent, but. He's kind of like that DK comparison, you know what I mean? You don't know what you're going to get, but I think he's going to excel. But, yeah, Chris, you know, hit the nail on the head. It's going to depend on what system he goes in. But at somebody I'd be worth taking a shot on if he falls maybe in the fifth round. Uh, that's somebody I like. I also, I was looking at receivers, um, but obviously you saw my picks for today who I going to talk about. But, you know, him, Warren Jackson were a couple of guys that I really thought about. Some of those bigger bodies, guys that, you know, raw, but uh, hey, they could really turn into something special.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, at the end of the day, man, we got. If you know, you know, everyone's talking about drafting wide receiver first round. You know what I mean? Like there there are talented players to be had in the second round. You know, if you don't get a Devonta Smith, you don't get a Jalen Waddle. Um, you you can get a, another player. I'll let Chris. You know, he he's a he's a big stand for this guy from LSU. Um, in the second round, like that's where you can get um, you know, talented players as well in the second round uh you want to you want to talk about your guy I mean Terrace Marshall
4: Jr. I mean Terrace Mar- Terrace Marshall might not even make it to the second round but I mean if he does if Terrace Marshall is there at 37 you know brain or take it um I would imagine that the Eagles have a plan that they are hoping that they can get J.C. Horn or possibly Certain at 12 and then the dream is that a guy like Marshall or Bateman starts sliding even close to thirty-seven. Uh, I mean, Terrace Marshall's a monster. Uh, he's legit. Uh, he's kind of like DJ Chark, another LSU receiver, but he's a little bit plays a little bit faster. Um, the big, the only thing with Terrace is that he has a couple uh, concentration dra- uh, drops. But in general, like Terrace Marshall is a legitimate like six-three. 215-pound um, receiver. He works out with one of the best wide receivers coaches who also works out with Emmanuel Sanders, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham Jr. Um, he's working with the right people. Um, and Terrence Marshall, he's like a legitimate X receiver. You can put him on the outside. Uh, Jalen Hurts can just throw, throw to him any down, especially third down, and trust that he's going to go up there and make a play for him. I mean, you can't go wrong with LSU wide receivers, especially Terrence Marshall. Uh, but
1: I just wanted to give Chris an opportunity to speak and stand for his guy. Um, but it, it is about the day three, and I feel like finding if you don't go wide receiver early, you know, there's Amari Rogers in, in maybe the third round out of, out of Clemson, a guy who can work from the slot. Um, you know, I know, uh, I know, uh, Evans got a guy he wants to draft, Elijah, more, more out of Ole Miss. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was let you speak on him, but um obviously there's a couple guys that i'm i'm interested at wide receiver um i'm going to throw out a uh, Amir Smith out at Iowa uh this guy you know he he's got some playmaking ability you know the, the thing is you know some people might think he could be drafted in maybe the maybe the third round but he, he does have a couple of rests on his record he had a dui recently and then he had a speeding uh case but you know that aside the, the talent is um uh, you know he's he's a flashy playmaker. Um, you know I I say he's he's a well-rounded guy. You know he he gives you something on special teams. And at, at the end of the day, when you're in the third, uh, on day three, if he if he slips, right? You want a, a guy that can, um, is, that can give you um you know a versatile um, skill set. You know what I mean? So uh, who else has another play they want to throw out? Well, oh, if we're I talking s- about. I, I was just going to say Warren
5: Jackson. I kind of like mentioned him for a brief second, but if we're talking about receivers on day three, um, that's a guy, six foot six, you know, out of Colorado State. He doesn't have drop issues. Uh, he goes up and gets it. I like how he gets off the press from the line. Uh, that's a guy that something we've been missing at X receiver. So that'd be somebody um, I'd take a chance on. Uh, some of his knocks are, you know, his explosiveness and things like that, but more of a red zone threat. I think more of what we were looking for in J.J. ortega Whiteside. Uh, So if that's somebody who falls, that would be a receiver I would definitely be interested in on day three. Uh, Rashad Bateman, I don't think he's uh, going to be close to being there on day three.
4: Yeah. Sorry, Sorry. Sorry, go, Gail.
1: No, I said Devon Curry from Facebook says day three, I'd focus on trying to beef up that line. Injuries have killed us there the last couple of seasons. Chris, what were you saying?
4: Yeah, I just want to make sure that I hit Mark's question. So he said any day uh, three tight ends. Uh, Trey McKitty from Georgia, absolutely going to be a steal there. Um, people have talked about him being like a second-round talent, but I think he's going to go a little bit later. Um, he was matched up with Jarrell Cox at the Senior Bowl, and he they were battling the whole time. And Jarrell Cox was the highest-rated uh, coverage linebacker in college football last year and he's more like a safety and McKitty was get was uh, getting open against him a lot so that's a guy that I would love to add behind Goddard
1: interesting I was talking about McKitty earlier like a couple about a couple months ago but I, I was thinking he he would be a potential guy that we could look at um you know obviously we got it's the good gonna be the Dallas Goddard show um but we we, I- still, we still need cheap talent on the end
3: I, I thought I saw someone also bring up uh, Brevin Jordan. What's what your guys' thoughts on him? And like, he'll be what, a high, uh, he'll be a high two. pick, day, day two, two pick.
4: Yeah, from, he's a very good player. Yeah. Very good from player.
5: The U. Yeah, he's good. Um, oh, Gail, you know I had somebody out there, uh, a tight end for day three that uh, I would definitely be intrigued to add. Um, six foot three, two hundred thirty pound, Tommy Tremble out of Notre Dame i mean i don't know how much more perfect it could get if he falls uh i mean if you get this kid in the fourth round uh, he pretty much played tight end too uh for most of his career at notre dame so he would fit perfectly right behind dallas goddard uh he comes in more of that blocking he loves to just get contact man the dude and he's not necessarily i'm not just saying he's only a blocking tight end the dude can actually uh catch the ball not the greatest route runner uh he's not you know somebody fantastic but he is a perfect tight end, too, behind Goddard, and I I think he'd be a steal. He's just a playmaker, and I think Nick Sirianni would be able to use him uh, in multiple situations, maybe even like a fullback-type role, uh, just certain ways to get this kid out there and hitting people, um, and then you, every once in a blue moon, slip him the ball. So I, I really like the kid's grit, and I think he would fit in perfectly in Philadelphia.
1: I think there's a good chance he might go earlier than <laughs> For sure. expected. but um, But uh, Prime, who did you have?
2: I actually had uh Kenny Yeboah. Um, he started off as a um as a Temple tight end in 2019. Uh to you. probably probably had one of his uh best career, uh, you know, best years in his career uh at Temple, but then ended up getting transferred over to Ole Miss. So I mean, uh, again, um I've seen some uh some information on him that you know he would be a good uh person to go ahead and line up with Dallas Carter, Um, you know, blocking wise, uh the agility this guy has. You know he makes plays um he's a key contributor to uh to that offense and then on top of that it's just like his uh his attitude like they're saying he's like one of the first guys that's in the building one of the last guys in the building you know again that's just the type of attitude that we want to go ahead and rebuild get into this into this uh team once again because I just feel like we lost that but you know uh, the fact that you know he's uh he's got a good career. Uh, in college, you know, we could go ahead and definitely use that because we don't know what's going to happen with Ertz. So if they go ahead and move on from Ertz, you know, eventually we're going to have to find another tight end to line up on the other side.
1: I mean, at the end of the day, you need a tight end on the back end that can block. So if, if he has that uh, – he's got the athleticism, uh, I think, you know, you might look at his production, and that's why he's going to go where he's going to go on day three. But overall, um, talking about those day three tight ends, man, Um. You know, everyone keeps on talking about Ertz in the building. Is he going to be here in the building? Is he going to be here in the building? It's
2: still but, it's still hard. To, I, I still hard to call, man. I mean, you, you hear so many things. You hear players that want to go ahead and keep him because, you know, you can't take nothing away from him. He's a good teammate. Didn't really see that much last year. You know, saw his attitude pretty much get diminished, you know, with, with everything that was going on. But, hey, uh, you know, er, Ertz is still that guy. Um if he stays, hey, I, I, I'm, I'm going to ride with him. But, you know, if he goes, it's part of the business. I understand. We, we, you know, we got to move on and, you know, definitely uh, pick a, a tight end to go ahead and cover that position.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Um, let me throw out another, Chris, do you have, you have, you have a guy you want to throw
4: out? For tight ends?
1: No, just overall.
4: Oh, absolutely. Um, we're on, I, I want to throw up two um, wide receivers. I mean, Jalen Darden, uh, this is a guy that I know Gale is super high on, and Jamar Chase, the number one wide receiver in the draft, is super high on. They're working out with each other out in Exos, and when Jamar Chase was asked who's the best player at Exos other than him, he said Jalen Darden 100%, 132.2 uh, yards per game this season, uh, 26 touchdowns from the slot since 2019. That's eight more than the next closest. I mean, Jalen Darden, like, Listen, we like Greg Ward, we get attached to these players, but uh, if you can upgrade the position, you do that, and Jalen Darden's a guy that you could have in on day three, and he could be one of the, like, the best stat receivers that we've had in years. I mean, he is a technician in the slot, and he'd be a huge addition. I mean, there's probably like 12 slot receivers I'd love to take in this draft, and all of them uh, would immediately... Uh, ju- surpass uh, right Ward. Um, last receiver I just want to hit on real quick, um, because I'm a huge fan of him. Uh, we had uh him on for talk to prospect Sammy Watkins' cousin, Austin Watkins from uh, UAB. Uh, he's just six two two ten wide receiver. Um, runs in the high four fours, uh, like right at four or five range. But he's a pure X receiver, and he moves like crazy on his routes for someone his size. I think that. He, if we decide to go for, like, a Devonta Smith at 12 uh, or, like, Jalen Waddle, and, like, we don't get the X guy early, he's absolutely the guy that you look to add in the mid-rounds because Jalen – um, I mean, Austin Watkins is a pure X receiver. Like, there's guys like Nico Collins, but that is probably going uh, mm-hmm. day two type of guy, um, but – there's just a lot of wide receivers and I'm really interested to see what Seriously. uh Chris Sirianni can do. These guys, like there's like 25 wide receivers in this draft that would instantly start on in our team and like, not a knock on our guys, but like it's a really talented deep group. Yeah. yeah and you said,
5: Good. No, I was just going to say, I, yes, Jalen Darden. I saw the graphics. So I wasn't going to, I know you guys, Chris and Gail, I've heard you guys talk about him. I, I'm in with you. I like him a lot. I'm surprised Chris didn't mention uh, Racy McMath from LSU. Somebody obviously gets overlooked because all the other talent there. I really like him. I know you probably would mention him, but like you said, there's a million of these receivers in this draft. I mean, I like that TJ Basher kid. Um, also, Jonathan Adams out of Arkansas State. There is some really talented ex-receivers that I think you could add into this offense. So, yeah, Chris, I agree with you. There were so many that got me excited. So, if we miss out in the beginning, guys, there's still talented receivers to get throughout this draft.
1: Yeah, Jalen Dollard, man, and the dude is a lightning bug. Uh, I think uh, talk about shifty, his ability to um, in space. Um, I'm talking about like you know, if he if he catches you on an island, he's gonna make you miss. Um, and and then going back to Austin Watkins, Austin Watkins Jr., I think you're talking about a guy who's strong at the catch point. He's even though like he's a potential day three guy, but he could he could go he can go anywhere from fourth to like the sixth round you're looking at a guy who's his hands that everyone's been talking about how great his hands have been at the catch point is he the most gifted athletic uh out of the group probably not but he's always going to compete um and he he gets in and out of his break um pretty pretty good for his size so if you're looking for that back end day three guy with size strong hands um and he, he played in juco to start off his career and he talked about it being like a, a prison um, out there and that's where he got his his love for the game you know because you know making it to uh, this this next level he's gonna have to take it and he's like it'll be easy because I my, my, my mind is already like um, already like in, in in that format already like so he's he's a guy that I, we're, we're kind of higher on day three so
2: absolutely yeah. There was one there was one that I actually took a look at Marquez Stevenson, um slot receiver. Uh a lot of people have kind of like uh, slept on him. They're saying that the kid has uh, some serious speed. Uh you know, there's a couple couple uh reporters that claim that you know, feel that he could probably go second round. I mean, I don't know. The the, the only thing that that is kind of like the downgrade of the kid is that, you know, he's he suffered two major injuries earlier in his uh, college career, so but you know, I mean, don't want to take nothing away from him. You know, I mean, we've seen people come back from some serious injuries and uh, light it up. So you know, I I wouldn't sleep on this kid. Uh, you know, the the agility he has uh, is pretty uh, serious. So yeah, Marquez Stevenson is one that's on my board.
1: Yeah, I mean, was, he was a he was a team. He was a team captain for um, Houston this year. So, um, yeah. I know. I know he did opt out.
2: They actually uh, nicknamed him Speedy as
1: well. <laughs> Speedy, talk about speed. Um, a guy that. This dude has like all world speed. It's not like, you know, there's a lot of guys that, will. you know, he he ran like a 4-2-6 at his um, his pro day. Mm -hmm. Anthony Schwartz from Auburn. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not going to say he's the most natural of wide receivers. He's not like a Devonta Smith or anything, but he's in terms of speed, lightning, quick, vertical threat. Um, He could go early in day three. Um, uh, some people were like third round, but if he does fall, um, if you know this guy, this guy, if you just want a vertical threat, this guy is hit. Like in in high school, what he ran ran like a 10, 10 one, He broke the record in the one hundred. Um, he was over in Finland. He, he they won the gold in four by one hundred um, for the what the junior junior Olympics, I believe. Uh, so this dude's got real wheels. Um, you know, it, it, I'm not going to say he's the most, you know, he's going to be consistent at the catch point, like, uh, you know, like a Devonta Smith. No, um, but he, he's a guy that if you line him up and you want him to run fast, he will do that with ease. You know, sometimes they said track guys can't turn in football players. Um, sometimes that's a thing, but his his speed does show up on tape. Um that's his, his, his catching. It's not. It's not the most consistent. But if you're you're looking for a guy to stretch the field, uh, in, in, you know, on day three for me it's later. But if someone drafts him early, you know, that, that speed sometimes uh can get you overdrafted. Um, who has another guy?
4: Yeah, I just want to answer this question real quick. So sure. Kelly Wilson says, do y'all not like Tyron Wallace? We love and loss. I mean, he's a guy. Yeah, th- that's why. Like, we're mostly focusing on day three guys. I mean, could the injuries concern drop him down there? I mean, Tylen Wallace was a guy that people wanted in, like, the top 25 before the injury. I mean, if you look at Tylen Wallace's resume, uh, if, for eligible guys, 20-plus yard receptions, he has 40. The next closest is Devontae Smith at 32, and then right behind him is Jamar Chase at 28. Jamar would have a lot more if he didn't opt out, but... I mean forty for Tylen wallace uh it's amazing i mean I think the th- the reason like i don't hate to bring up this naming a name again, but j j i think a Whiteside. the reason why the, the that pick and that prospect of him is so mind blowing is because all these guys that we're talking about are gonna go like three four rounds after we took j Jaw and obviously different draft classes but they're wildly more uh, talented than him. I mean, Tylen Wallace could be like a third, fourth round pick this draft. He runs circles around him Uh, Nico Collins, Jalen Darden, like all the, all these guys do. That's why it's mind blowing because, uh, Jaw, he was thought as like a fourth, fifth round pick. And then we go and take him in the second. We can't do that anymore. And that's why we're trying to, uh, Educate ourselves, uh, get a refresher before uh, 11 days before the draft. But yeah, absolutely. Um, Tylen Wallace, great question, great prospect. Um, his draft stock super in the air because of the injury history, but he had a nice bounce back here.
1: Yeah, for those who are just checking in, uh, we are talking episode 197, talking potential day three targets for the Eagles. So we are not talking, uh, JC Horn, which I could talk about all day, or yeah. You know, you know we could we could talk about those guys all day um but you know at, at the end of the day man like there's some there's some guys um that i feel like uh, especially as uh looking at a running back group you, know, um, you talk about uh, you talk about Miles Sanders you talk about Jordan Howard coming back um you talk about um Boston Scott you know after that it gets kind of shaky uh, a guy who if if he would have left a year before, probably would have his, probably his stock was at its at its highest. Uh, this guy's got pretty good game. A uh, from Canada, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you know, playing uh, at Oklahoma State University, you know, this guy's had a, f- a phenomenal couple of years. Last year wasn't as um, good as the previous year, but overall, we're talking about a guy who, you know, he is going to be a tough mutter. No, but he's a, a guy with uh he's got some jets, man. Um he he's got a lot of uh breaks off a lot of runs. Um uh, you talk about a guy that can catch screens. Um I think he can be effective out of the backfield, but a guy who with the you know a, a nice nice uh you know first step makes some guys miss. He's not tw- I don't I'm not gonna say he's super twitched up, but I'm like he can pu- you know put his foot in the ground and get up field and break off yards but um and he also was involved in the, the situation with his head coach who had the QAnon shirt and uh he stood up to that you know like some people might I feel like that's a that's a what a leader looks like someone who steps up to their coach said that hey the team has problems with this you were in this shirt and he's you know they were going to pretty much boycott the whole thing you know and that was that was interesting you know some some i you know some nfl teams might look at it like we'll just i might be you you know so this is where a guy can either go you know one way or the other for sure down on the charts but for me that i move him up for that those kind of things but um overall he's he's got if you look through some of it through his tape he's got a lot of nice runs um and he flashes dude yeah yeah. So so we
2: we know that this is a whole uh deaf uh roster day, you know, what I mean like we're we're trying to fill in in the deaf. Is it safe to agree that you know with the decisions that we're gonna probably go ahead and make on day three, um, are these like gonna be upgrades? Are we gonna get away from the virus, Scott? Are we gonna get away from the Greg Ward? Because, you know, I I just feel like we put enough time in these guys and haven't really gotten anywhere with them. Is it time to, you know, pretty much look as this as replacements for those guys
1: yeah i mean this That's is where you, hope is. yeah yeah I mean this is where you look at the back end of your roster and you know you'll see you know some commonly look at thechet he says fumble fumble though but like when you're on day three you're looking at strengths so where where we where we we're drafting some of these players we're drafting them for their strengths you know um their 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 traits um, and that's why some might go on day three. And, and that's why some of these guys will slide. You take a shot on them. I, you know, we're not taking a shot on Donald Pumphrey.
3: He's <laughs> taking I mean? a shot on Trey Sermon. I was
1: just going to bring up Trey Sermon. I, I know, know, man. I was you. watching Trey Sermon the other night and I was like, man, this guy, he doesn't stop. Like, I was like, I was looking at him. I was like, he's going to hurt himself. Yeah. So he's and he does he's toy. got
5: injury history so it's <laughs> I mean that's why you know like Gail just said though this is why you're going to see these guys fall it's either injury history they've got some things but sometimes you can find these guys maybe they stay healthy or maybe you find a good coach that can coach them up and that's why we talk about certain players going to certain systems and that's where you know it'll benefit them so yeah if Chuba Hubbard goes to the right place I think he's going to definitely excel I think Trey Sermon um, If he stays healthy, he could excel. Uh, there's definitely – I saw somebody else was going to talk about one, but th- there's definitely some running backs I like out there.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, you, 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 uh, good talking to um, Prime's um, there you know, go. comment, just saying that, like, the way that, you know, some of these guys will be only looked at as a third-down running back. You know, this guy right here, Amanda Stevenson, this is another guy that I was looking at. I mm-hmm. uh, was talking about muscle. Um, you know, is he going to be – Phenomenal out of the out of the backfield catching the ball. He 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 has that in his game. Like he's he's he, he's serviceable, um, but he's the muscle. Like it's fourth quarter and you want to wear a team out, you bring in Ramondre Stevenson and he was he's my backup to having a guy like Javante Williams who would be my that guy can do it three downs. Like uh, Ramond, like he he could be a two down thumper or a yeah. goal line uh, player that. They might look at And Chuba might be a third down guy So like when you have Javante That's three That's a guy that's on the field three downs Is Miles Sanders a thumper? I don't know
3: Ramondre Stevenson, he's really one of those guys I really have liked as well. I mean, you just look at his frame, six foot, like between 230, 240 pounds. This dude is an absolute it's animal. He <laughs> runs people the hell over. And I mean, if you just look at his career stats, dude sitting there, he's never averaged uh, in a season less than six yards a carry. So, uh, the dude can pound the rock. Uh, I think he would absolutely be an upgrade over Jordan Howard. I think he could replace him easily and uh, just kind of relegate Jordan Howard to more of a depth guy in case any injuries were to happen in the running back room. But, uh, this is definitely a guy I would love, love, love to steal on day three.
2: Yeah. I mean, he, he definitely looks like a, a Derrick Henry to me. I mean, that's 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 the type of running back we need, you know, I mean, to back up Miles Sanders. So, not as, not,
1: as, not as athletic. As not a, as athletic, but no. I'm just saying,
2: though, he's got that build, You know what I mean? We need, we need that big guy, like you guys mentioned. We need we need something big. I mean, Byron Scott, you know, is <laughs> not going to do <laughs> it for us. Jordan Howard, you know, I, I'm afraid maybe after three plays, the guy's going to end up getting hurt, and then, you know I mean? He's on the sideline. I'm just – Uh, I'm tired of putting a lot of effort into these guys that we've already tried with and it's not getting anywhere. So, again, that's why I mentioned is this, you know, definitely the time to go ahead and start bringing people in so we can go ahead and, and find replacements for things that just haven't worked for us.
5: Yeah, this was the actual running back that I was referring to. I'm glad Prime brought him up, Ramon J. Stevenson, a monster. And, you know, last week we talked about this. Boston Scott and Jordan Howard are your three and four. That's why I talked about Javante Williams. Gail, I know you're a huge I know all of us are love Javante Williams. The dude, he would be a three down back as your RB two. That's a guy that could be an RB one. And a lot of teams run that way now. So it's not a problem. But if you miss out on him, yes, a guy like Ramondre Stevenson, he can still be your R B two. You mentioned Jordan Howard's injury history. Boston Scott's not your RB two. Let's be real here. So yeah, I'd be all for adding someone like Ramondre Stevenson. I love that you brought him up. Um But, yeah, that hole at RB2, I will not stop clamoring for the Eagles to get a running back. We talked about this last year, so that's what pisses me off that we're still here talking about it. Mm -hmm. Evan, who do you got?
1: Who's your next guy?
5: Uh, Well, I mean, we can go over to the defensive side of the ball if you'd like.
1: Well, I was going to say,
5: if you wanted to stick with offense quick, I was just going to throw my uh, Jimmy Morrissey, Philly kid, walk on at Pitt, started all four years, team captain, somebody that – you know, he's undersized, so people have some knocks on him. I think that could be your next Jason Kelsey right there, somebody that could learn from him. He's got that grit. He's a leader. I really like the kid. Uh, just wanted to throw that out before we went to defense. Sorry, I've- No, no problem at all.
3: No problem at all. Um, but, yeah, uh, just looking at the defensive side of the ball, what's the one thing we can collectively say has been a massive problem on the defensive side of the ball for years, as, lo- as long as I can remember? It's the linebacker uh-huh. position. Exactly. Uh, And that's definitely something I want to upgrade. Obviously, it's unrealistic for my dreams to come true and land JOK in the first round. Uh, No no matter how many spoons I put under my pillow or how many times I put my pajamas inside out, it's not going to happen. So a guy that I'm looking for on like day three, there's a guy that really stood out to me, is Chaz Surratt. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's a linebacker out of uh, UNC. Uh, The guy, uh, just to give you a little bit of background, he used to play quarterback back in high school. He was actually a pretty decent quarterback. Uh, So he's got... Uh, good smarts for uh, he's got he's got a good football mind he understands uh, offensive schemes and uh, he he's a really hard-nosed uh, linebacker I mean he's only he the, the one thing that kind of uh, has me like a little reservation is he's 229 pounds to me kind of a little undersized but um, I think he's a really smart player I think he's a good player and uh, just uh, as the little cherry on top uh, his pro comparison was Camu Grugier Hill hmm. uh, so, uh I mean, I, I think it's a guy that in uh, on a day three could definitely help out. The defensive side of the ball would definitely be a step up from a guy like a Nate Gary.
5: I almost brought his brother up uh, in the receivers. I don't know if he falls uh, in day three, but Sage Surratt's good, too. But, yeah, mm-hmm. dude, I love that, dude. Evan, oh, Chaz Surratt. A, a little undersized, like you said, but I think he's very exciting. I was looking at some of these undersized guys because we need a nickel linebacker, right? I mean mm-hmm. – we have some of these guys that are good against the run. Uh, TJ Edwards, you know, Alex Singleton stepped it up. So uh, we don't know what we have in Davian Taylor, but I agree 100% with you, Evan. The biggest need is a linebacker. So I know a lot of us talk about Jabril Cox. He's a, oh my God, that would be a steal in fourth round. I think he would really fit You know that hybrid role we're looking for. Uh, Tony Fields is another one I really like at that linebacker position. There's just some guys that... Really stick out that could fall, and I, I seriously, I get so excited about this. But please, just don't remind me who's pick, making these picks. <laughs> do you think, <laughs> don't think now, about it. Don't think now, about it. We've talked about Georgia so much. um There's a lot of talented players uh on Georgia, and especially on the defense. What do you think about Monty Rice? Do you think he could fall uh, to the fourth round? Uh, and would that be someone you guys are interested in? I really, I, I, I thought the kid was pretty damn talented, and I've not seen too much about him, so.
1: I've seen i've seen his name pop up here and there and a lot of, a lot of people are starting to talk um talk more about Monty rice the one play that stuck out to me was when he was covering um he was covering what's his name waddle in space and he kept up with him and I know he runs around in, in the four fives so i mean you, you're talking about a, a well-rounded linebacker in the mid- rounds that you might want to try uh a shot at he could be a guy that's what what are they saying like fourth round yep around
5: there Maybe fifth. And when I read that, I was like, what, what? am I watching? So, but I mean, there's a lot of talent in this draft guys. I mean, that's why Jabril um, Cox, Gail, you brought him up a million times throughout every show. I think obviously we know Chris is a fan at LSU, you know, Jabril Cox is awesome too. So that just goes to show you how much talent's in this draft.
2: I, I, I yeah. just definitely feel that that, that linebacker position is really not going to get the, you know, the, uh, the attention that we push no for as fans. No bad Juju. I Don't know. you put that evil like, on me, Ricky Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, one there's the only one defensive guy that I really uh, pointed out was that I mentioned to Gail was uh, Buddy Johnson, the um, linebacker from um, Texas A&M. Uh, 2019, he was a junior, led the team in uh, tackles. 2020, started all 10 games, led the team. He's that pursuit-style uh, linebacker that, you know I mean, that, that pretty much – is lined up, knows how to go ahead and chase that uh, quarterback, running back, whatever the case may be. But, um, you know, I, I think this kid right here is a good standout. And, and I'm only I know you guys mentioned some way more talent than than him. But again, just with the history of us paying attention to linebackers, I just, you know, best case scenario later on in the draft. You know, this this kid could be one of them.
1: You know, while we're talking defense, um, a guy who plays safety, but he he, he said he moder- he models his game after Keanu uh, Neal from uh, Falcons. Um, you know, he he's he's solid against the run. Um, he'll he'll thump on some folks. Um, is he, you know, the you know his his ability in space might be, you know, the football IQ in, in space and coverage. Um, can it match the intensity of him against the run coming down, taking great angles on folks. Um, But this guy, again, like you start to look at players and like um, he could go fourth round, but he could, he could go, you know, later. And if I'm taking a chance on a guy later, if he slips, um, he's, he's another guy um, that I I might look at. If you start thinking future, if you like, want to, could he play in the box? Like, you know, Another guy I've seen mentioned in, in the in the comments, uh, Cincinnati safety. Um, who, who was this, who was the guy? He was on he was on top the prospect. Mine just went blank. Uh, can play single high. I, th- I think uh, he'd be an interesting piece. Chris, do you remember? On, um, I know
4: I know. Um, Soko talked to him. It was
1: mm-hmm.
4: um. Oh, you're about. I don't know why. I I'm sorry. I, I'm like. Stuck in my notes because in my head I'm like Jacoby Stevens, Jacoby Stevens. And then it's used it's Cincinnati, it like threw me off. We'll get uh, back to that.
5: Yeah, <laughs> I just wanted to say that first off, uh, great one, Kale Gillespie. There, um, now, uh, Keanu Neal, great uh comparison there. Now, a Dallas Cowboy, uh, they've talked about moving him to linebacker now, uh, so yeah, one of those hybrid guys. I think, you know, obviously, you know, somebody I wanted to talk about was uh, Hamza Nazarel Dean. Oh, this dude is pretty much of the same mold that you just said, you know, 6'3", 215 pounds. The dude's a box safety. Don't like him, you know, playing that too deep role. But he's somebody you can line up all over the place. He could play that nickel linebacker role we talk about. Big nickel role. Line up at, you know, uh, that nickel spot against certain uh, tight ends, running backs, certain receivers. I think this dude... He's got the upside. He's coming back from an injury, some question marks there. But I think that's why we've talked about all these guys. They have certain knocks like that, but he's somebody that could grow into a stud. And I think he would be perfect for someone like Jonathan Gannon to get his hands on and mold. I just, I would, uh, I would love to get him in maybe like the fifth round. I'd be excited.
3: I, I got a question for you guys. Is while we're on the topic of safety, I just want to know what your guys' thoughts are on um, Kayvon Wallace's second year. Uh, I mean, obviously, we didn't see that much. Do you think that? Uh, th- what is your hope for him? Like, what what do you think are realistic o- uh, expectations for Kayvon Wallace this coming year?
1: Uh, I think he's going to try and come in here and compete. You're going to want to see what he has and brings to the table. I think if they feel like. You know, for me, I'm bringing another. I'm bringing another player um, to compete. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I didn't see put him on, put
2: him on the field.
1: I haven't seen <laughs> enough of him to to be like you know he's the guy yet. But I feel like you know in theory he could be one of those players. Um, by the way, just I want to talk about that guy Derek Forrest. Derek from Cincinnati that we that was was on one of the talk to prospects but he, he's starting to get a lot of love but ideally you, you want to bring in an extra guy to come in I think when you look at that group is it you know Anthony Harris brings you uh it's it, he's only in your favorite one year mm-hmm. loud coming back off torn ACL I mean the group needs, it needs for sure. It needs to be infused with some talent in in I could say third third round like um, um maurig falls to oh. second like there's so many oh, javon guys. holland yeah there's there there are so many guys in that second round that could easily come in in like richie grant oh, oh there's a nice one that's I would love richie grant um Damn, man. I'm just saying there's a lot of talent in that second to third round. And it's going to be interesting to see which way we go in the second, because we're going to be sitting there like everyone's mind has been cornerback, wide receiver, wide receiver, cornerback. Um,
2: I agree with Paul, man. I mean, uh, I mean, can we all agree this time last year when we were talking draft, Kayvon Wallace was, you know, one that we were real big on, wanted to see a, a lot of game time from him, but we didn't get that opportunity. Um, At the end of the day, us fans, we don't make the decisions. We don't put the players in. We were calling for his name. You know, we wanted to see it. Um, I feel like, uh, you know, I would like to definitely see what this kid's all about. I think he, you know, he could, you know, have the potential to, you know, be that guy that we had, you know, hoped for him to be. Um, You know, with McLeod being out, I could see that happening in the very beginning of the season. And who knows? You know, I mean, if the kids shine. And there's a possibility they move from the cloud, you know, and, and keep them in there. We'll see. We'll see, but it's just give us the opportunity to actually see it. That's all I'm asking. I mean, look at
1: the look at the group. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Does that does that do anything? Does it wiggle? No.
3: no no but I mean just one of the things one of the reasons that I believe Kayvon Wiles didn't have enough playing time last year and it's something that I totally can't fault the Eagles for it's because it's kind of something that we've been asking for we we all kind of wanted to see what Jalen Mills could do at safety I know I did I I, that was something I had been calling for for a couple years and when the opportunity finally arose after Malcolm Jenkins leaves I wanted to see uh, what Jalen Mills could do and so I was more comfortable at this time last year, and having uh, Jalen Mills be the the bridge, so to speak, to that next safety. Um, but I mean, that ultimately leaves us with question marks now at the safety position, with uh, Kayvon Wallace looking like the starter at the moment.
5: Yeah, yeah. and you know, Jalen Mills is one of those versatile uh, kind of guys. Obviously, we got him in the seventh round. Yeah, uh, you're going to be looking at guys like that. Now, you saw I mentioned Holland, and then I saw Mark. Uh, brought that up. Look, he's obviously not gonna be here day three. So if we're sticking with day three, somebody that, you know, is a versatile safety, that's a guy that I think we'd use as a defensive back, you know, could line up at nickel corner, can move him around because he's pretty tiny. But uh Ardarius Washington is such an intriguing pick for me. Uh he's like five nine. Uh he's very small. But isn't like five like eight yeah, it's like 5'8", and it like some change. 5'7". Yeah, he yeah. says
3: 5'9", on his ID. He's yeah, exactly, actually... exactly. You know how <laughs>
5: Allen <laughs> Iverson <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Trying out for the NBA, adding a couple inches. But I, I think the kid's a ball hawk. And, you know, I'm just one of those guys, you know, growing up watching Mark McMillan. And then, of course, we got to see Darren Sproles. I just love the underdog, those tiny guys. So uh, that'd be great to see him on the scene, man.
1: Oh, by the way, that's Derek Forrest on Talk the Prospect. Um, he was uh, interviewing with Soko on that. Uh a good interview. Check that out on YouTube if you want to uh n- learn more about Derek. <laughs> Maybe next time we'll remember his last name.
5: His running mate Wiggins is pretty good too there in Cincinnati. Yeah. So they've got pretty decent defense.
1: Uh do we have another? Do we have another uh guy you guys want to throw out? No, uh yeah. how about we go how about we go uh DJ Daniel, my friend? Ooh.
4: That that's literally who I was gonna bring up. Uh DJ Daniel, we had on the show. And it was awesome because he impressed the hell out of me. The reason why I was really excited to talk to DJ Daniel was because I'm a huge LSU, huge um, Jamar Chase fan. And all season long, I'm watching Jamar Chase just drop a hundred and a touchdown, a hundred and a touchdown every single game. And then they're going against Georgia. And I see this dude with like the longest arms I've ever seen line up across Jamar Chase, And he just gets in his face, play one. And he grabs Jamar and he throws him out of bounds. And I'm like, okay. And then it's the first end of the first quarter. I'm like, Jamar hasn't done anything. And then it's end of of halftime. I'm like, Jamar hasn't done anything. Then the game's over. And I'm like, what did Jamar do in this game? And Jamar Chase ends up with like three catches and 40 yards. And a lot of it was off like screens and slants and stuff. D.J. Daniel locked Jamar up, and he locked up Terrace Marshall, and those are going to be two of the top wide receivers taken this year. And I was talking to D.J. and he has he was at community college, humble beginnings, and then he goes to Georgia. And some injuries have this kid who was in a military school start against SEC competition. I haven't seen anyone manhandle Jamar Chase other than DJ Daniel. And then he goes to the senior bowl a week after we talked to him and he dominates Kadarius, Tony, one of the best route runners in in the draft. He got stuck by him. Austin Watkins got stuck by him. Amari Rodgers got stuck by him. And I talked to a bunch of the athletes and they're saying DJ Daniel was like a pain because he has like this long, like freak of nature arm uh, wingspan. It's like 81 in 81 inches And um, this is what I'll say. He's kind of like Richard Sherman, where, like, he doesn't have that game-breaking speed. Uh, He's kind of, like, lanky and awkward-looking. But his technique is so much better than, like, everyone talks about Eric uh, Stokes and everyone talks about Tyson Campbell, two highly regarded SEC cornerbacks that were his teammates. Their techniques are nowhere near that. Like, you never see DJ, like, flailing around like Tyson or Stokes are. And he's, like, half as fast as them but he's such a great, um, technician that he's always in position. And that's why DJ Daniel is an absolute steal. I mean, before he got injured this year, uh, Matt Miller was actually talking about him as a second round pick. So I think DJ is going to be like a four fifth, maybe even six round pick and he's going to be a steal. Um, if he gets his opportunity in the league.
1: Yeah. I'm hoping, I'm hoping like fifth, sixth round, if we, if we could uh, bring him in, that would be nice. But I, sometimes, you know, he's, players might go higher than expected you talk about that wingspan um his his wingspan was 80 and a half um and his arms were 33 and three ace um it's pretty it's yeah. like 90 percentile um amongst the group um, he's,
3: he's got crazy measurables i mean he's, he's holding up like elite wide receivers out there and then what really made me just like just go in awe about this kid is when you actually had that interview with him, Chris. I highly recommend everybody go and watch that interview we did with DJ Daniel because, like, his the things that DJ Daniel was saying was making the hair stand up on my arms, man. He, he really just has, he is so laser focused and he just knows exactly what he has to do in order to make it to the next level. He already has his mind made up that he is going to be a great NFL player. And I really think that his, uh, his mindset is going to ha- carry him in the weight room, carry him on whatever team he ends up i think will be a really good player.
4: Yeah, the other guy other than DJ um that's being slept on, a guy who had a great 2019 season and then a down 2020 season. It's Tate Allen from uh, UCF. I mean, every single uh player we've talked to has talked about the UCF uh defensive backfield. I mean, everyone's saying like Aaron Robinson, like that dude's really quiet, like very unassuming, but he's amazing. Richie Grant amazing and then Tate Allen Um, everyone's talking super high, high of him right now. And he had the stats to uh, back it up in, uh, 2019. So that him and DJ, like those are two guys that you could get on day three and they could both be like 10 year starters for your team. So two guys that I'm really interested in later in the draft.
1: Yeah. Tay Gowan, man. His story is, uh, credible. He was like homeless. Um, you know, he, he, he just had a, had a rough, uh, upbringing. Um, the fact that he, is right in right in path to the NFL draft. Uh, you know, he opted out, but I, I think you know his his daughter had some complications, um, health complications. So, you know, during this whole COVID situation, he had to be there um, for his daughter. Um, and now he's ready to go to the NFL draft. You know, he, could he be a day three target? This is some people saying that he, you know, could he not get drafted? But the, the thing is, if you're you're getting get get a cornerback with size, um, and, and he definitely can play man, um, he doesn't really have enough, a lot of tape on him being playing in zone. But he he mentioned that he's like, hey man, I, I there's not a lot of tape out there, but I can play zone. Um, but again, I think this this draft this year is is the year of the the big corners, man. There's a lot of big corners. Is he? Yeah, <laughs> you know, Izzy Mkwawa was six four. You can, you can play safety, too. I mean, there's a lot of guys mm-hmm. that can, you can move from cornerback to safety, too. Like, um, who's the uh, – Afatu uh, Melimfamu, Melimfamu. You know, he might, out, like, he might go bottom second of second round, third. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, those guys with size and length. Um, You know who I like at corner? Stanford
5: cornerback. Dude, it's not – you know, we all know Chris wanted Debo. It's not Debo, but it is – uh, Debo Paulson Adebo, Debo, that was the corniest joke ever, is pretty fantastic. Um, if he falls, you know, there's some knocks on him, um, you know, for his speed, only played two years. Uh, I think his recovery speed makes up for that lack of speed. He is a ball hawk. Got to work a little bit on uh, his run game tackling, you know, just his run game support in general. But Overall, I think this kid if he falls in day 3, if he's there in the fourth round, um you know how I feel about adding corners to this team, not just one, I would add two. Uh, I'd be all for Paulson
1: Adebo and I apologize for the joke. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a guy that I feel like he, he might go in the third round. That's the guy that I, sure. I've had targeted in the third round, but you know, he could hey, if he goes slips to the fourth round, you know, that's that's a guy that I would I would love to pick up. You know, a lot of people have been talking pretty high on him as well um I'm trying to think of who else we haven't talked about um yeah about trill, William.
4: trill, trill williams. williams is a nice is a nice prospect um i just wanted to hit on uh divine, some diablo. Linemen. Div- divine diablo is a really good one i just want to hit on uh, a couple linemen real quick i mean um patrick jones uh the second from pitt Really nice edge rusher. Um, He's been dealing with some injuries um, lately, but he had a really nice senior bowl, and he's got good size. Kind of reminds me of Josh Sweat a little bit, and I think he'd be a nice back-end player with upside. Um, Malcolm uh, Koontz from uh, Buffalo, 6'3", 250. Um, Really nice motor, um, plays really angry. And then on the other side of the ball, um, I want to make sure that we shout out our guy. Um, Gale and I just interviewed him, uh Chase Barrett from uh mm-hmm. West Virginia. Uh so this guy is awesome. I mean, he straight up said to us he said the Eagles would be smart to draft me because uh they dealt with the injuries and I can start at any position and Jason Kelsey is my idol and I would love to learn from him and take his place when he re- when uh he goes into the sunset. I mean, <laughs> Chase is like a freak of nature. He, he's a three-time All-American uh rest, wrestler in high school. He's 6'4, uh, 325 pounds. He pull his he's so fast. Like it's for, like for his size. He can pull all over the place. He reminds me of Kelsey. Huge personality. First guy in, last guy out of the building, super hard worker, um, natural leader. And uh he actually and he's actually an actor. He actually told Gail and I that he's going to be in a feature movie with some pretty A-list uh actors. Uh, wow. We, he told us yeah, personally we can't, that. Yeah, we can't say that we can't say which actor um he, he he's um not Denzel. He, he he's he's a bootleg Denzel, but he's an A-list actor, I guess probably be this actor but it's gonna be an interesting movie but yeah chase would be awesome to, to draft later in the draft and he said dude i'll go in the sixth round i don't care he goes i'm worth a second third and a sixth because i can play left tackle i can play guard i can play center he, he's like he's like i can make movies i can do everything really good <laughs> dude and i think he i think he'd be awesome here like his personality would fit in perfect with like lane johnson and those guys
2: yeah definitely a good attitude to have <laughs>
5: For sure. If you're talking about, uh, I'll go. One thing we didn't talk about was like edge rushers. I just want to throw out there. Ada de Kumpo, from Notre Dame is somebody I like and somebody, you know, who gets looked over because I mean, they're two talented guys. Gregory Rousseau and Jalen Phillips are awesome at university of Miami, but uh, the guy behind him, Quincy Roach is someone I really like. And then, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit of definitely a guy that I think will be available day three, Jordan Smith. From the University of Alabama at Birmingham, 6'6, six, six, edge rusher that would come in. Kind of reminds me of Joshua a little. I think he would be fantastic. So just wanted to throw those out there quick.
3: A big boy, 6'6. Six, six.
5: Oh, he's fun. Watch him, dude. He is real fun to watch. got to work on his strength though and his hand work. But uh that's what you got in these rounds, right? Guys that need some work. Absolutely. Uh
1: talking talking about trenches, uh, trench warfare where for warfare is where it's at. <laughs> um it says Darius Hutcherson from uh south carolina uh you're hoping to get this guy um on on day three maybe fifth round maybe uh you're talking about a guy you know he can play he's played some tackle in in his past uh but he's he's played both right guard and left guard Uh, i'm talking about he's he's like a a weight room monster he went from 230 pounds to 320 Uh, they had to like slow him down in the weight room because they the weights he was pushing up was so dangerous that they're like you shouldn't be doing that weight, what you're doing. Um, so, I mean, he, he's a guy that, you know, I believe he's a captain of the team. Um, they're they asking about opting out. And he's like, nah, I got it. he's like, I wasn't raised that way. I, I'm here to lead my my teammates. So he stayed in. But you're talking about a guy like, again, like if if we go, you know, to Darius Hutchinson later, if we start going like. You know, you know, wide receiver, cornerback, first, second round. He's a guy. Later, you can look look at. Um, and, and again, he, uh, a, a lineman who's got that many starts in the SDC. Hey man, I'll I'll take that, and then team up with stouten There you go. See what happens.
4: As yeah, I just want to make what?
1: sure. What's up? No, go ahead, Chris.
4: I no, said so I just want to make sure I, I shout out um my guy he's um, my actually my former teammate uh tu uh Dan Archibong I mean Dan is overall just a really great guy and he is a tireless worker um 6'6", 300 pounds uh he plays in the middle of the defensive line but he's athletic enough to play on the edge as well I mean he played tight end when I when I when we played together um. I'm really rooting for the kid. I mean, not just cause I grew up with him and he was my teammate, but it would be really interesting if the Eagles took a shot at him uh, later in the draft with one of the 11 picks. I think that Dan is just like a freak of nature. I mean, he's super athletic for his size. Um, I remember growing up when he was, uh, he, it was almost awkward. Cause like, he was so big and he didn't fully understand how to use like his power and his size to his advantage. And, I remember after I graduated, I went back and I saw him play and he was just dominant. I mean, he was like NFL size in high school. So I'm really excited to see where he goes. Um, And he was a single digit uh, wear at Temple. So you knew he was one of those guys that like who, who earned it. Um, I'm really excited to see where he goes and best of luck, man.
3: Uh-huh. Hey, who, who, who it, there, 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 there was one more guy I wanted to touch on. Uh, more of a project type guy, I would say later on day three, uh, but a real big body in Adrian Ailey. Uh he's a tackle out of uh Oklahoma. Uh six another six six guy, three twenty-one. Uh he's huge body, uh, very strong player. Uh, but like I said, uh, he has a few things that he needs to work on uh, and polish before he would make it as a starter in the NFL. But I think he is uh, he's got the right measurables. I think uh, he could potentially be moved inside and uh, just provide some more
1: depth on the offensive line. Hey, any he, any he, he already blocked for uh, Jalen Hurts. Correct. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, he, he's got he's got he's got 10 starts at right tackle. Mm-hmm. Um and he's got some he's got he's only got two starts at uh, left tackle no actually one start at left tackle but hey man um overall I mean you just love getting these linemen with versatility um you know and the one one guy that's not being talked about enough Rashawn Slater imagine if we get Rashawn everyone's gonna be we've been talking about corners we've been talking about Devonta Smith what like and we end up with the Rashawn Slater again but if you you have linemen. To have that versatility, um, again, we're talking day three. I know pays
5: dividends. Pays dividends. Yeah, no.
1: <laughs> Gail.
5: I, I said about that a couple weeks when we made the trade for twelve. I said, "What if we take an offensive lineman, Sean Slater?" Oh my God, people were ready. Don't you dare! I was like, I didn't say I would take an offensive lineman. <laughs> Jesus. Quitty,
1: you know, the whole quitty quitty pay. pay and yeah. now, now everyone's talking about Bearmore from Alabama. Like they, every week, there's a catching new up player that yep. they want to talk about. To throw up there just keep it keep it on the, the whole idea of getting a devonta smith or a jc home for me because i feel like certain probably go first maybe um but again we're, we are talking day three we are talking day three um i know chris you had another guy
4: are we talking about jacoby stevenson from the university Steven. of louisiana State. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Jacoby Stevens. Uh he's six one, uh, two hundred and fifteen pounds. He's a he's a guy that is kind of a jack of all trades. Uh he can play a little linebacker, play a little safety. He's kinda like a um Malcolm Jenkins light a little bit. Uh he's more of like a box safety and he had a really nice pro day and that helped the stock a lot. But that being said, I still think he's gonna be like a fifth round pick kinda guy. Maybe sneaks into the fourth, but This is the thing. I really like Kayvon and I want to see what the kids got, but you can't not draft some of these guys in positions uh, just because maybe you spent uh, draft capital the year before or just because you personally like the guy. I mean, I like Greg Ward. I like all these other guys, but listen, we have 11 draft picks, and – we just had a four win season. So no one's job is safe. I don't want to uh, avoid a position just because we might like a guy like if Jacoby Stevens comes in and he earns the job over Kayvon Wallace, let's say he earns it over Will Harris. I don't care how much money he's making. The dude should start. Uh, that goes with any prospect. Um, Let's say DJ Daniel uh, comes in and he outplays um like a second round corner that we get. He should start because uh, the fans like it, we're Eagles fans. We're educated. If we can clearly see that one guy is better than the other in a position, that guy deserves the play. That's why everyone went like crazy when fulgon got benched for Alshon and it was all money related, had nothing to do with production. And I, we're sick of seeing that. So Jacoby Stevens would be a really solid guy. I mean, it's LSDBU. If you get a guy from LSU in the defensive backfield, you're probably getting a pretty good player.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's definitely a thumper. I mean, he, for safety, um, he plays like a linebacker. Like, you know, is he solid in, in space? Um, you know, but again, you're talking about a guy in on day three who could be um, definitely a special teamer. And then, again, man, like I'm always about finding guys in the back on day three that can either be like a, you know, if you, if you can play a couple positions That'd be nice um, if they turn him into a linebacker. You know, yeah. at the end of the day, man, we just need some players in here. Evan, did you have one more guy? No,
3: I went through all my guys.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, uh, we're, we're we're closing on an hour. I know the people listening in. Hopefully, you you got some gems out there. Um, and hopefully, if you have any gems that you want to talk about, us in the DMs. We'd love to talk more about them. Um, overall, it's 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 not the sexiest. Um, day out of the draft, like the the first the first day of the draft is like the most exciting thing. I mean, to me, the back end, like every single day, like for me, I'm telling you, I take the I take I take vacation days for the NFL draft. That's how crazy I am because it's just I just love it, man. So I just need to like think it through when the first day happens and I gotta think it through. I gotta sit there the second day, like, who do we want? Who should we take? Uh, so to me, to me, the day three is the, probably the most important because this is where you get cheap talent and they fill out your back in the roster. You hit on these guys. This is how you this is how you become a championship football team. Like you get guys in, on day three that can, absolutely you know, play right away or like c- compete um, or fill roles. And again, day three, like you, you see people in the chat talking about this guy might fumble, this inconsistent <laughs> hands injury prone this is what day three is all about like this is what they it's not about finding players uh and trying to make them fit into your system you're finding players whose skill set match your team like where do they win this is why i'm drafting you because this skill set fits you're a power back we need a power back um to come in and ground and pound like okay vermont stevenson okay we need a we need a vertical threat just to stretch the field on day three or, you know, you bring in a, a Schwartz just, but at the end of the day, man, day three, it's where it's at. And shout out to John. He says, day three is my favorite day in the chat.
3: Yeah. That, that's certainly where you can, uh, if you hit on day three, it's ultimately it's going to do wonders for your team for years to come. I mean, we ended up talking, uh, what was it? 20, was it 2018? The one where we ended up actually hitting on some really good pieces on day three, Um, I mean, obviously, we we are in the position that we are in now. Uh, But the point that I'm trying to get across is if you hit on day three, uh, you're supposed to hit on days one and two. So you could really turn your football team around a lot sooner uh, if you're hitting on the late round picks.
2: Day three, I feel, is where the the young boys are the hungriest. You know, I mean, Uh if they come into the NFL with the attitude like what Chris mentioned about Chase, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter if second, third, sixth, you know, I mean, just pick me, let me go in. That's the attitude that I feel like a lot of these boys have that day. Like, listen, draft me, and I'll do the rest. You know, what I mean, that's where their attitude is at. That's the attitude they need to have. You know, what I mean, coming not just into our organization, but any organization in NFL. So I think that's where, like, you know, day three also plays a key factor because that's the hungriest day for some of these guys.
1: Now go back I think to it's draft, <laughs> draft uh, that that um, Evan was talking about. Avante, who, who's he's played a lot of snaps, uh, Josh Wett, who's finally come on, Matt Pryor, who's been <laughs> uh, played like Richard Pryor at sometimes, mm-hmm. but yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, George, George, Melata, you're talking about a guy who has <laughs> a starting ability drafted in the seventh round, and I did mock him that year in the seventh round. People laughed at me, they laughed at me. Um, <laughs> but overall, I mean, uh, Jimmy, you were gonna say.
5: Now that you kind of just talked about, but Matt Pryor on that list, that's funny. Uh, I had him that year on my mock. I don't know how proud I am to have that, but <laughs> versatility on the offensive line is why I liked him, but yeah, my lot. I a nice pick, but I, what I was just going to say was about the day three, man. Um, it's so important. I think not only because, you know, a lot of hungry guys, a lot of guys with chips on their shoulders, they're trying to prove something. Uh, but not every team has great talent evaluators. Um, So this is where you find out if you've got great guys uh, behind the scenes. You know, uh, some people are going to fall. There's going to be guys not even just on day three. There's going to be undrafted talent out there. You have to rely on your scouts now, Howie. Now it's great. You got analytics. You got some numbers. That's fantastic. Now let's get some guys that actually know football. Listen to them. And, dude, there's going to be guys that drop. We've mentioned a lot of them that are going to drop. I'm going to get excited. I'm sure I'm going to watch them go to other teams and be pissed off. But I'm trying to be positive. So, Howie... please for the love of God get this right
4: yeah I mean day three and after especially undrafted guys I mean that's what it's all about I mean dude look at the Super Bowl like Shaquille Barrett monster for Tampa Bay he's on drafted guy mm-hmm. um why am I forgetting um Harrison um he's gonna be all there probably from uh Pittsburgh uh, undrafted guy I mean look at the Philly special it was undrafted Trey Burton throwing the ball no, no, it was Corey Clement, undrafted rookie, tossing the ball to Trey Burton, undrafted tight end, and then throwing it to Nick Foles. And if you just look at at the line and like the team in general, like it's a bunch of misfits, but the guys fit together, and that's what the draft's all about. It doesn't matter where you're from, where you're drafted, what position, your accolades before, or after. If you have the right culture and you guys have um like the desire to make each other better, to lift each other up. That's what happened in 2017. We had a group of guys that didn't care about um, where they came from. Like they did, but it didn't matter to them in a negative way. Like they just came together. It didn't matter what uh, – what pick they were. I mean, that's why Tom Brady's been so successful. That dude's had the ultimate chip on his shoulder. The guy that was looked over when he was at Michigan, just because the the shiny uh, young guy came uh, up in front of him. And then he's been proving people wrong for over 20 years. And that's what the Eagles got to start doing. They got to find guys that are hungry and they want to uh, win for themselves and win for the city. And that's what's all about. That's what draft night's all about
1: yeah man draft draft is almost here uh again i want to shout out to uh the group we're we're definitely going to be doing a draft show all (laughs) you know it's going to be uh it's going to be thursday friday saturday so if you're not doing anything if you're a draft nerd if this is if draft is life then come join us you can jump on the show give us your takes i don't care if you're cooking eggs like uh who was it john last year was frying up eggs and talking (laughs) draft at the same time yeah wife yelling at him at the same time we had people from london uh all over the world in here all draft heads watching the draft only problem was um you know some people's internet is faster than the others some people get the High-speed uh, cable. some some people were getting <laughs> draft picks before, and I, I was like, "Yo, the draft pick comes in. Make sure you're, you don't give it away with your face." But when Jalen Hurts was drafted, <laughs> yeah, we were yeah. all yeah. floored. Everyone, right <laughs> uh, all hell broke loose. But uh, we, we all brushed it shot. off when they
5: told us beforehand. We we're like, "Yeah, right. Yeah, right." right
2: That's yeah, what yeah. made
1: it worse. Yeah. So everyone, keep your composure. You know, we're gonna we're definitely gonna have a fun time. But again, if you want to be a part of the show, you want to come on the show, just give uh, give us a shout, shoot us in DMs, say I want to be part of the show. There's gonna be about 24 hours of uh, live content. To come join, come talk draft. Um, and figure and just out so the,
2: y'all know he's being serious too when he says 24 hours. Oh,
5: seriously, we'll be up till 5 a.m. talking. Yeah, We should hours. Just stay live, Gail. We shouldn't even just talk amongst ourselves. Let's just stay live. People come on and talk. Prop, about get it. It. Prop the get camera a t- bedside,
1: yeah, get, a case
2: of red, get a case of red bull ready. 24
1: hours, no <laughs> showers, not even brushing the teeth. All draft. Call. Bump. <laughs> That's great. Uh, but for me and the guys, we'll see you guys soon.